Okay, let us pray. Let us bow our heads together. Where you are, I'd like to give us some time. Pray for yourself and then pray for our speaker here. Let us pray together. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for a good morning. Thank you that, God, we can come to hear your word, to worship you. I pray that, God, you prepare our hearts, that, God, we will be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually alert to what your Spirit is speaking to us. I pray that, God, you today also anoint the lips of our elder Edwin here, as you share forth your word, let him preach with convictions, preach with your power, so that, God, we can learn how to draw strength from you, how to have conversation with you throughout the day in the midst of our busyness. Bless him and guide him, Father. Fill him with your spirit. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, this is our fourth installment in our sermon series on business. I want to recapitulate. This is the fourth. We will have a last one next week by our brother Caleb. Uh, I want... Well, we should know that the sermon is not about time management. You will realize that in the past three sermons, we, we did not talk about time management. Uh, the earlier preachers did not also suggest to you how you can be less busy. Uh, but what this series of sermons is all about is really about how God should be at the centre of it all, in the heart, of course. In the centre of your life, centre of your heart, uh, in whatever we do. Uh, this is from uh, Chi Ming's sermon. You recall that he said that, uh, you know, at every stage of our lives, we will have responsibility. And as we progress in the stages of our lives, we will have added responsibility. So it is taken. We accept it. It's a reality that if you are busy now as a student, wait till you get a job. Because... When you have a job, you have no more, a little discretionary time. And you have duties and responsibilities. You have people to report to. You will be busier. And if you are thinking of having a relationship, most of you will be wanting to get married. Wait till you start a family. There will be an avalanche of, of family responsibilities leaving you with little time. So, you see, with all these, uh, these things, it is, it is not about trying to fit God in to a, a plate that is already very full. Right? It's not about this. In Chi Ming's sermon, he said that uh, we have to move from many things 
to the one necessary thing. And then he quoted from Henry Nouwen's book, remember? He said that it is not a change of activity. It is not even necessarily a change of pace of life, uh, but it is about a change of heart. And Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God. The word first is not about uh, first in sequence. God first, family second, work third. It's not about sequence. It is about Jesus being central in the focus of your life. All right, so this is to recapitulate uh, what we have covered so far. All right, so here we have five sermons. Uh, this is sermon number four. Uh, remain in conversation with God and we will have Caleb to uh, finish the series with uh, John chapter 13, Serving with John. But let's turn to uh, Psalm 16 now. We'll, we'll read it. It's not a long psalm, only 10 verses. I'm reading from the New King James Version. This is the Bible I'm using right now, the devotional uh, a Bible from King James Version. Let me just read it. Verse 1, Psalm 16. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. Their sorrow shall be multiplied who hasten after other gods. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. O Lord, you are my portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen on me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul to Sheol nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the paths of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What do you think of this song? I tell you, I meditated on this for three weeks. I have no idea what this has to do with business and conversation with God, which is why I had to work through the holidays and the whole of yesterday. Well, uh, but let me, let me now not go to this psalm first. Let me give you a few comments about my thoughts about business. You know, uh, was Jesus busy? Raymond Sim, the, the preacher last week, showed us this verse from Mark 6.31. I don't know whether you remember. Then because... So many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat. They, meaning Jesus and the disciples, didn't even have a time to eat. So Jesus had to tell them, well, come by me yourself to a quiet place and let's, let's get some rest. Was he just busy? I'm sure he was. Mark 
3, 20 and 21. Again, a crowd gathered so that he, Jesus, and his disciples were not even able to eat. And then his family heard about it. When his families heard about this, they went to take charge of him because they say that this out of his mind. Was Jesus busy? Sure he was. I tell you, the needs of the people were so immense, endless. Uh, you know, in those days, they had very few options. They don't go to hospitals, they don't see psychiatrists, they don't, you know, they have very few options, especially if they have health problems. They just have to hope for the best. And when they saw Jesus, they just streamed to him. The number of people who wanted him to lay hands on was just is the multitude. And of course, it is not Jesus' style to turn away people. You know, I, uh, I remember uh, uh, Rosalind uh, told me that uh, because she, she goes to the Meet the People session with Fumiha and said that, um, you know, when, when the people come to the MPs for this Meet the People session, it can end very late. Uh, quite often, uh, the sessions end past midnight. I said, really? I said, yes, as long as they register, they will not fail to see the, minister, uh, the member of parliament. And so Jenny Lim tells me, tells me this too. She's gone to Indriani Raja and says, very kind. She will, you will have an audience uh, to Indriani Raja. And so this is Jesus, the heart full of compassion. He didn't turn away anybody and as a result, we have a Mark 30, 20. No time to eat, no time to rest. Uh, but even though, I think, even though his life was hectic, I don't think it was uh, fanatic. Even though he was busy, I don't think he was in a hurry. And I want to suggest this to you, that it is because... Jesus' life was God-directed. It was very God-focused. So let me tell you what I mean, okay? I read a book by Lauren Cunningham um, and said that uh, because he was starting out the, the, the new ministry, uh, Youth of the Mission, and he had to travel ex- extensively. And sometimes for two or three weeks at one go, and he would come back for a little while and then off for another two or three weeks. And he was very guilty. He was feeling a little troubled, he, he checked with his wife and they wished that they had more time together and after a time, always after a time of prayer, they are at peace. They would know for sure that, honey, this is what God wants. This is for this season. We have to do this and they will be in agreement. You see, busy but not frenetic, God-focused and uh, this is, uh, I, I put John 15, uh, 19, and it says that Jesus gave them this answer. Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only, he can do only what he sees his father doing. And then John eight twenty eight, I do nothing of my own, but I speak just as the father has taught me. You see how God directed it is? There are the multitude of needs, and then he will get a prompting. No, stay. All right, I'll stay. And there will be other times when after the whole night of ministry and the, their ministry should continue the next day and then he, he doesn't stay the next day. Uh, he will go to another town. God directed. 
Say as the Father wants me to say. Do as I see my Father doing. God directed. You know, um, I, I, this is, uh, no, Joseph Stowell, you know, Joseph Stowell, um, uh, he's now a, a president of, of a seminary. And in one of his books, he said that uh, he was a second-year seminary student. And in the second year, the professor had loaded the, stu- the class with a lot of readings and assignments. Uh, and he said that many of the people in his class, including himself, they were already married. Uh, some had jobs. And in, that, in addition, they had all this academic work. So the high level of stress was just unbearable. In fact, they, they thought it was, it was really unfair. So the class sent a delegation to the academic dean to file a protest and to appeal uh, to see whether the load could be lifted. Well, this was the response from the academic dean. Stress is designed to the curriculum. Ministry is full of stress. And part of our task in equipping you for ministry is to give you enough stress to enable you to learn to deal with it successfully. Appeal rejected. So really, it is um, business is what we have to live with. Stress is what we have to cope with. And the people who must learn to cope with stress are the pastors and, of course, we. Uh, how, how did Jesus deal with it? Well, I, I want to suggest to you that maybe this was how he dealt with it. Jesus handed work without stress because he was God-directed, I said earlier. And these three verses here showed that Jesus' time with God was not that designated. Well, I'm sure there was designated time, but it was not restricted to that hour in the morning and just before he goes to bed. Mark, Matthew 11, verse 25 and 26. At that time, Jesus said, no, he, was, he was teaching the people, and at the time, he said, he looked up, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to the little ones. Yes, Lord, you have done what you have done. Uh, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Wait, read this passage and you will know. He was teaching and then he looked up. Father, Lord of heaven, I praise you. And another occasion, John eleven forty one. This was... Uh, when he was with the, mount, uh, the big crowd, you know, uh, uh, where in, in the hometown of Martha and Mary, uh, he, he went there because Lazarus has passed away. He was very near the tomb and he was addressing the crowd and then he looked up. He took, so they took away the stone and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. So, talking to the people, talking to God, talking to the people. Oh, yes, God. It was like that. It was all-time prayer. He was always connected to God. The third example is this. And after Jesus had said this again, he was teaching and talking to the people, he looked towards the heaven and prayed, John 17, 1, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. 
talking and teaching and say, Father, Father, you will teach, spend time with the people. I praise you, Father. Do you see that? This is just a few examples. I think that this was really the secret of how God, Jesus led the God-directed life. Well, a little bit more about stress. Here are two lists. All of us have these two lists. On the left-hand side is the stress list. And well, there are many, many sources of stress. It can be a very demanding work, very oppressive work environment. Uh, you, you may have a special needs child or someone just, a child that is very difficult. Uh, you may have some financial trouble. Ill health is a great source of uh, stress. Uh, relationships can be strained. It is a great source of stress, uh, etc. But on the... Uh, see, we cancel out. We know how to cancel out stress by balancing it with the resources that we have. And we want to get these resources... For this reason, we, we save because in an emergency, we have money as a resource to solve our problems. Uh, we, we learn to, to get rest. We learn to seek good counsel, read good books, and refer to people, to, uh, you know, to doctors and, and all that. We, we know these things. We exercise. We, we know uh, how to choose a recreation that will rejuvenate us and make us more alive. We have friends, and I put prayer as last. Uh, quite deliberate, I must tell you. Uh, you know, even though prayer is a really great and powerful resource, uh, very often prayer is not the resource we. Uh, it is not seen as the most powerful resource, even though it is a resource. You see, if you have, if if. if Things can be solved with money and counsel and, and all that. It's a lot more efficient to, to get things out of the way uh, with, with help and with money. And I'll, I'll give another reason why we don't pray very often. We don't pray very often is because we pray very badly. We don't feel very worthy and we are very busy. Let me, let me explain to you what I mean. Uh, we pray very badly. You know, um, we don't know what to tell God. You know, God, I'm, I'm in trouble. I, I, I just don't know what to pray about. I'm, I'm just, it's just tough. We've run out of words. We can't even talk properly because we run out of words. And we, we know it's important. And so by the sheer force of our will, we resolve no, I must pray more. And then soon, the do list gets long again and each day's demands will push prayer to the periphery, periphery of our priorities. Then say, okay, I must do better. I, do, I have a stack of books on prayer. I just look at it. It is about 15. And the reason why I, I try to read a book or two on prayer each year is to motivate me to pray better. And... I have to do this because I think I pray too poorly. And why do we go for prayer training weekend? It is because we need it. And 
after the prayer we end, there is a burst of enthusiasm that we must restart the prayer engine. And what, what happens now? I'm going to tell you the numbers are not very encouraging in the prayer meeting again. And you see, your struggles are the same as mine. Don't think that your elder is, is, is easier for your elder. Uh, so how do we develop a prayer life? You know, let's look at this again. We pray very badly. You know, if prayer is an activity, if prayer is work, we will concentrate on the content of the prayer. Let, let, let me tell you what I mean. You know, let's say that um, at the end of a great young adult's retreat on the third day after the challenge and ministry time, I said, Caleb, come, close us in prayer. You know, <laughs> you know what kind of stress it will give our brother Caleb? That prayer better be good, okay? <laughs> because people expect a closing prayer to summarize our thoughts and feelings and adequately express our collective desire to God that will move him to tears. Caleb, close us in prayer. <laughs> now that is work. And when we don't want to close in prayer. And when we, we pray in a group and we have to close a segment of the prayer, oh no, it's work. And we are not very good at it. And so we don't come for prayer meetings uh, for, for, for this reason. Well, the other one is that uh, we don't feel worthy. You know, like, I mean, who am I to just come to God and to pray about these things, right? My prayer life sucks. My life is messy. I don't even trust God very much. I've skipped cell group meeting for so many sessions. And God, I'm not worthy. But if I have a prayer need, I know what I'll do. I am going to, I'm going to get four or five strong people. Pray for me. Pray for me. They are worthy. And if God doesn't take my prayer seriously, surely they will take their prayer seriously. Better still, I'm going to see an elder. I said, elder, pastor, can you pray for me? See, surely God wouldn't ignore their prayer. And I can lean and write on the favor that they have. They are worthy. So we don't, we don't pray very much because we don't feel very worthy. And the third thing is that we are very busy. And you know what busy people need? Busy people need rest. Busy people want entertainment. Busy people don't feel like praying. So this is why we, we don't pray. Even though prayer is a resource, it doesn't feel like the most powerful resource. Right? So that's why we don't pray. Let me tell you what prayer should be like. Let's talk about conversation. Prayer is conversation, right? But there are two types of conversation. We have conversations with people we report to, and there are conversations with, to, with people we, re, we relate to. If it is a conversation with people you report to, the focus is on the conversation, the substance. And this is what actually happens to me when I am in court. I tell you this. Never in my 20 years in practice or more has a judge, after I enter into uh, uh, you know, the chambers or in the courtroom, Mr. Cha, how are you? Are you prepared? Are you fine? Do you want a drink? Uh, are we ready? Never. Name? 
uh, win trial, you know, for the defendant. Right? Parties? Yes? <laughs> Let's get on with it. And sometimes in the middle of my submissions, stop, just address me on point C and D. Carry on. So, you see, when the conversation is about the conversation, you want to look at the... They, are, they only care about the substance, right? The substance of the conversation. And so it is work, work. But when the conversation is with the person you relate to, the focus has to be on the person. And so I remember this was from Vincent. He said that you know, they have all these family gatherings and there was once where they, they get together for, for some national day thing and, you know, on our relatives were gathered around and uh, the best times together, he said, are family times over a meal. Why? Because the family time is unstructured time. There's no particular agenda. Right? It is uh, it's spontaneous. Uh, the topics are very random. And then people can jump from one topic to another and they are free to laugh or criticize or disagree. Uh, the setting is very casual. The mood is very relaxed. This is what happens when we talk. When prayer is about a person you relate to and not about the conversation. You know, um, I have friends who habitually engage me on difficult issues. Everybody we talk, say, hey, come, Edwin, sit down, sit down. I want to ask you about something. What is your view on this? I tell you, it's, it's very stressful because I've got to think. And uh, I've got a friend who will text me uh, all the time. I tell you, that the text messages will be quite long. He'll put there, scenario, dot, dot. He'll give me scenario, your views, please. <laughs> it's work to me. It's not conversation. And Brothers and sisters, you've got to see prayer very differently. Conversation with God is it's not like something you have to do because you have to report to Him that, Father, this is the state of the church now and we have a list and uh, children's ministry has this and uh, we do have a problem with that. Why do we need 50 people to report to God what's happening, right? So, so uh, if we see that as reporting, you will not be very excited about prayer meeting. Prayer is conversation, and the focus of prayer must be on the person, the person of God. We cannot work on prayer as a discipline. Cannot. Our conversations, which is prayer, in our conversation, the focus must be on the person God, and why am I still not talking about Psalm 16, right? Now, I'm ready to go to Psalm 16. I did a long introduction, right? The, the reason is this. Psalm 16 is actually a model prayer. The prayer of David. This is the way you do it, right? Let's look at it. Look at Psalm 16, verse 1. It starts with the petition. Preserve me, O God. Preserve me. It sounds urgent. I mean, I, I imagine it's, it's urgent. Oh God, 
help me, save me. I think that a, a lot of conversations with God starts like that. And, and it's perfectly all right because it is what is on our hearts and mind at the moment. God, help me. As I did uh, for the past three weeks, God, there must be something in 16. God, it's your word. Please, God, there must be something there. You know? So it starts with a petition. First is a petition. And uh, because I think that David, who has not much resources, very often he was on the run and the people who, who were with him were ruffians and all that, but his most powerful resources, very often God, it was prayer, you know. Let us go on. That's verse 1. This is not working very uh, nicely. Okay. Then he moves into worship. Psalm 16, verse 2. I say to the Lord, look at the Bible. Does it have capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D? Yahweh. I say to Yahweh, Yahweh, Lord, Lord is Yahweh. You are sovereign God. Verse 16, verse 2a. 16, 2b. You are my Lord. Is it capital L and small cap O-R-D? Adonai. You are Yahweh. You are Adonai, meaning that Lord, you are God sovereign. You are Lord master. You are, I I expand, you are the source of all good. In fact, it it is stated in verse uh, uh, 16.2b, the rest is to you. My goodness is nothing apart from you. You are the source of all good things. Everything good in life is because of God. Apart from God, there is nothing good. You are my true treasure. So this, he's entering to worship now, but it's still part of prayer, right? He, he's just thinking about God. And then he, he continues, 16, five, uh, verse 5 and verse 6. I'm, I'm, skip, uh, I'm skipping verse 4. I'll come back to that later. Verse 5 and 6. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my Lord secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. You know why I put there, Father? Because inheritance, when, when I talk about inheritance, it's, I think about family. Uh, as a lawyer, I, I help people to draft wills and uh, quite in quite a number of the wills, when my clients have uh, a lot of uh, properties, they don't say that uh, uh, for all that I have, my real estate, my real property, uh, they are to be sold and the money is to be divided. Sometimes they do that, but sometimes they don't. They will say that this property will go to this child, the second property will go to this one, and as for the shop houses, it will go to this and uh, So it's not really equal uh, because they are of different values. David says this. He's the seventh son. You know, he's imagining that God, uh, I I have a share. My eldest brother will have a double portion, but there will be eight shares. But, oh, Father, you, you choose my inheritance. Here, the boundary lines are great. I like this. This is your choice. 
You determine the lot I draw. And when the lot is drawn, when the straw is, is pulled out, hey, it's, it's great. I like this, man. I like this. I when I receive my inheritance, it is within a good boundary lines. Within the borders, these borders, everything inside here that you've chosen for me, it is good. Oh, thank you, God. Father, thank you for favoring me like this. Thank you for choosing for me. And then he moves on. Verse 7 and 8. He moves on. The prayer and the relationship progresses. I will praise you, Lord. You counsel me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With Him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. You know, it gets very personal now. I sense that He's like talking to a friend. You are my counsellor. You, you give me instructions and advice. You, in, even in the night, you, you are with me. You are available all hours of the day. You instruct me. You are at my right hand. So this is how. Why is this a model prayer? I suggest to you uh, that the conversation starts with a petition and then he doesn't list down the, all his problems and how God can solve his problem. He immediately switched to God. You see, conversation is a person, is, is conversation you relate to. This is a the different type of conversation. Yahweh, you're God, my sovereign. Adonai, of course, you, you are my Lord and my master. But wait, Father, Father, you are my inheritor. You are my provider, right? You, you choose for me. Oh, my friend, my friend, thank you for being here for me. Thank you for being my counsellor. You are really, truly my companion, right by my side. So he started, look at the change, uh, that while he was he's conversing with God, his heart was being reshaped. He started with an urgent prayer, preserve me, oh God, preserve me. And he ends with a jubilant shout, I shall not be moved. Look at verse uh, 8. Preserve me, O God, and I shall not be moved. A shift, a shift in the heart, shift in the focus. That's what conversing with God does. That is what happens when prayer is truly a resource. That's when you talk to God and you're not so concerned. Actually, if, if you want, if I were to write this psalm, I wouldn't write it this way. It's all over the shop. This is not good. I mean, I, I don't like this poetry. Uh, but if you want to talk about God preserve me, let's expand on it. Right? How does God preserve me? How is He a protector and refuge? Just talk about that. But He's all over the shop because why? It is prayer. It is time with God. And the journey starts with desperation. And then... He made assertion, of course you are this, and you are that. And you will do this. You're always like that. And then confidence rose. And then the journey ended with affirmations. In the state of desperation to jubilation. And how did he achieve this transformation? David was like clay in the father's, the potter's hand very receptive to the, uh, the father's molding. And, and David liked what he saw at the end. Okay, what is the destination? 
the destination is found in the rest of the verses, uh, 9, 10, 11. Uh, let's read that again together. Therefore, is, what is it therefore? In view of all that has gone before, uh, that, that we've mentioned, that you are sovereign King Yahweh, Lord Master Adonai, Abba, Father, I honour you, I serve you, I worship you, you are my friend, and now I'm in your presence. That is the destination he arrived at, from a state of confusion to a state of rest. And therefore, my heart is glad, my song rejoices, my body also will rest secure. See, rest, rest, rest. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let my faithful one cease decay. You make known to me the path of life and will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. There is a present fulfillment and a future. Let's talk about Jesus Christ, right? When Jesus Christ comes, we will be with Him. It is actually uh, the prayer of, of Jesus. Jesus didn't see decay. And Jesus is now at the Father's right hand enjoying the pleasures. And so will we because He's bringing us to that destination. So it, it, it is that. The present, presently is also true. The Lord is bringing us to a place of rest, of pleasure. And so, therefore, I think Psalm 16 is a model prayer for us when we want to talk about what is prayer like, what is conversation with God like. Naturally, it starts with petition, our urgent plea. Then, we should try to dwell on the person of God. We make assertions. Well, what do you know about God? Why don't you just tell God about what you know, what has happened, your experiences in the past? And then, when you talk to God like this, there's clarity. With clarity, there will be greater intensity. And then faith will grow. And when faith grows and there's a confidence, our prayer gets bolder. And finally, in this relational journey, we arrive. We arrive with, wow, this is good. I think it's all right. I shall not be moved. It's going to be all right. So, a praying life, uh, brothers and sisters, should not be a goal you want to accomplish. We will always struggle with prayer if the focus is prayer. The substance, the content, the, the structure, you will always struggle with it. In fact, you'll be very intimidated. Prayer is a medium by, through which we have fellowship with God. And I'm not saying that, uh, that there uh, that we should always be very casual with God, you know. No, not, not at all. There are many types of prayer. And when I'm doing deliverance prayer and warfare prayer, I'm very formal. I will hold the scriptures and say, you this, and I will command, and I will proclaim, and I'll pray with bonus. It's very, very formal. And when I'm in a, a meeting, when I have to open prayer, I have to close prayer. It's very formal. In fact, I, I think about what I want to say and I, I wait for the Lord to impress upon me what, what would truly express the desires of the people's heart when I close in prayer. 
I think about these things. It's formal. And uh, when I go to uh, the judge for, uh, to make my submissions, I, I spend a lot of time. In fact, just on, um, on Thursday, I had, uh, before the, nas- before the, the uh, holiday, I had spent uh, almost the whole day preparing uh, a three-page, three-page submission because I put so much thought into it. I had a very bad hearing. This is a, a continuation hearing. I had a very bad first hearing. The judge was not with me. My opponent embarrassed me. And uh, this is a second tranche hearing, and I was going to make a request uh, for further affidavits to be adduced in the middle of a hearing. I, I spent a lot of time preparing this because it's formal. It, is, it has to be well prepared. But prayer doesn't always have to be like that. You know, when I appear uh, before my friends who are judges, I have a few friends who are judges, uh, I'm very, very formal. And when I am, I don't have a case with them, and I meet them in courts, we say, hey, hi, Edwin, hi, Eddie. You know, I, I don't call you a judge. I, I don't want to do that. And then sometimes I meet them uh, uh, just uh, in the neighboring block where there's a, there, there is a food court, and we say, hey, how I, we catch up on, just recently on Thursday, oh, about politics, and we just talk very casual. He is judge and his friend. Let me ask you, how do you think God most prefer to be related to? There are nine, about, plus my name, I'm not very sure whether it's correct, about 930 titles, descriptions, and names of God. King of kings, lots of thought, Alpha, Omega, the Almighty One, the Creator, you know, the Adonai, the Yahweh, El Shaddai. Uh, I mean, you just name it. It's, it's really, really very, very long list. Uh, so let's, let's name a few. You want to relate to Him as Redeemer? Do you think that God would prefer to be related, to be related as Creator? You will honor me. I'm, I'm Creator. Uh, Savior? Be grateful. I'm your Savior. Abba, Father, Lord, King, Commander of the Lord's Army. What kind of relationship does God most desire to have with us? Can you take five seconds to think about it? What do you think? Friend, man, yeah, you're right. And do I have... Uh, Yes. You know, I think it's friend because uh, Jesus is, is no different from us, you know. I, I wonder what kind of relationship does Lee Sin Lung, not what, sorry, want with his wife and children. Um, he is prime minister, but, but he's also a father and a spouse. And that was the case with David. First Chronicles chapter 27, verse 33. Atitopel was a counsellor to the king. Never say that this man was a friend of the king. A trusted counsellor, all right? And Hushai, the archite, was the king's friend. I, I don't know whether this guy, Hushai, has, is an office bearer because there's a whole list of people with, 
with uh, roles, responsibilities, and their office bearers. And then, at the end of the list, and Hoshai, the archive, that's the king's friend. It's wonderful. Maybe, maybe he had an official uh, duty in, in the king's court. The king wanted to relate to Hushai as a friend, and everybody knew that. And so it was recorded for us like this. What about this? What kind of relationship does God most desire to have with us? Before Jesus came, it was different. Yes, in the OT days, very few people are friends. I can the most obvious one, of course, is James, right? So, so it's highlighted, James 2.23. And Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness and he was called the friend of God. The others which are not highlighted are implied, inferred, I think. It's quite reasonable. Job 29.4, uh, when Job was complaining to God and talking to his friend, he said, oh, you know, you know, I think about those days the good old days, and I was at the prime of my life, and then the friendship was, of God was over my ten, and well, uh, certainly he, he, he believed, he related to God as friend, and God would too. Genesis 5, 24, and Enoch walked, not Enoch lived on earth. The words chosen was Enoch walked with God. Carefully chosen word. It implies fellowship, close fellowship. And then he was not found because God took him. I think Enoch was God's friend. Exodus 33, 11, God spoke to Moses face to face as the man speaks to his friend. And then one day, uh, you can read that in, in uh, Numbers 12, when uh, his brother and sisters oppose him and say, who, who are you, Moses, to, to think that you are so special? And in Numbers 12, Jesus called them and said that, Let's settle this for now. He is special because I speak to him face to face, not like the rest, okay? Let's settle it now. He's special. I think that Moses was God's friend. But very, very few times, maybe Daniel, you know, most esteemed one, you know, maybe Daniel was God's friend. But when Jesus came, when Jesus came, he changed all that. He made it unmistakably clear that the relationship he, the Father most desired to have with us is friends. And he said this in John 15, verse 13, 14, and 15. Greater love has no one than this, that one lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You know, uh, this, this was, uh, this, these words were spoken at the Passover feast, the day that he would be crucified. And Jesus shared his heart and he, he breathed life into this, the paramount principle of love. And then he illustrated this way that there is, of, of all love, I, I'll tell you now, that there's no greater love than that expressed in the sacrificial giving of one friend's life for another friend. So from today, you're my friends. And, and this was 
This was the manner in which the Lord chose to describe His crucifixion. The crucifixion was in the context in which He chose to paint the image of His love, a friend laying down a life for another friend. Now, no, laying down my life for my followers, my disciples, no, laying down of my life for a friend. So, the one who wants this relationship has to initiate it, and God did. Jesus came to us, Jesus came for us, He opened the way to the Father, and it was mentioned in the Bible, the veil was torn in the temple. John 14, verse 21, And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Meaning that you will see me, hear me, you, I'll be there, you will feel me. I, we are that close, all right? We are now friends. I'm around, I'm, I'm, I'm here. So, this is my sermon, right? Business. How, how, do you, how do you live the life that Jesus lived? Where you are busy but not hurried. Not frantic. Uh, our conversation with prayer can be, it can be unstructured. It can be spontaneous. There is no agenda. It is informal. It is just a meeting of hearts. It is keeping company with God. It is being aware of His presence. It's being mindful of what pleases Him. It's being sensitive to His feelings. It's being alert to His promptings. God is in our thoughts. He's present. So we start like that. Jesus is a friend. I don't have to pray the whole day, but I can pray anytime. But I'm just conscious, God. I know you're around. And this, from my waking hours until now, I, I probably prayed about 10 or 15 times to God. A very, very short prayer that God, I just help me to uh, just finish this uh, slides. I'm, I'm not sure what should go in the slides. I'll, just, I'll continue working. I think I like this. I, God, I just pray that this will make sense to them. It's still not very complete, but, but I, I pray that this, this was, it will be complete when it reaches their heart. Then I go, uh, oh God, I, I just hope I can get a cap. Oh, thank you, God. This is, today's haze is really bad. I don't know whether God sent us some rain. You know, I was just talking to God. It, it, it is very informal. There's no agenda. I'm just being mindful of God that He's, he's really with me. If you abide in me, John 15, 7, and my words abide in you, ask whatever. Whatever means things that are so small and Things you can't even articulate properly because your, your feelings are just so, you're just confused. If you abide in me, I want to suggest to you that the best way to abide is to talk. First um, Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. And I want to suggest to you that you can pray without ceasing if you pray about anything and everything it doesn't have to be a carefully crafted list of things. <clears throat> there will be frustrations and doubts. Uh, there will be 
burdens you want to unload. You, there can be some angry words against somebody that you, know, you just need to get it off. Uh, it doesn't even have to be spiritual. It doesn't have to be a good thing. It, just have to, it can be a nonsense thing. Uh, the real you must meet the real God. You do not need more discipline to pray. I repeat this. You do not need to have more discipline to pray. But you need to be poor in spirit to pray. Out of the long resource list, prayer cannot be last. Prayer, prayer is, will happen all the time while you also access yourself to the other resources. Okay? And uh, I'm going to end very soon. Hooray. Help me, please. Yes. I want to end with this verse. There is an invitation of Christ to all his disciples. Come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Um, you have to look at this verse very carefully, and I suggest that you meditate on this a bit more. The criteria for coming to God is weariness. It is helplessness. It is helplessness that makes prayer works. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It is in our weakness that God is strong. The criteria for coming to God is weariness, helplessness, feelings of being overwhelmed. Uh, we come to God when our prayer is wobbly and uns unsteady. We come to God when we are messy and we don't feel spiritual. We come to God when we have problems concentrating even on prayer. Our minds always wonder. This is the best time to go to God in prayer. And God say, come, all who are weary and are heavy laden. And when you talk to me without ceasing, I'm going to give you rest. You know, I want to end with this uh, simple story and then I will really end. Okay. Um, uh, I, as a partner in the firm, uh, I have a very formal relationship with, of course, the staff. Uh, they, uh, especially the associates, uh, they, they will treat me as partner and uh, one of the bosses. But there are two persons in the office who or more than two. A few of the secretaries are, are quite close to me, but two persons are quite special. The receptionist and the cleaner. And you'll wonder why. It's because I go to the office very early. Sometimes I hit the office at 7, or 7.30, and the cleaner is the first to arrive. And we would, I would be making uh, a coffee, and then the, the, the water is not boiled yet. I will helped her with that and uh, I would do a bit of things in the pantry and we would talk. Now you just multiply it by the days and the weeks and the years and there's a lot of conversations and we've, we've gotten quite close. It doesn't relate to me like a boss. I mean, I am the boss but uh, we, we've become like friends. The other one is the receptionist. Now, uh, receptionists are like invisible. I mean, you just hear Mr. Chua call for you. All right, put you. I mean, you just go, your client's here, you know. 
receptionist, sometimes you don't even know when, when they, are, they are absent because someone will be there to replace them. Hey, I haven't seen George for a few days. You know, it, it can, they can be invisible like that. But this receptionist is very kind. And uh, we talk a lot because she is a very personable person and, and uh, very friendly. And uh, I'm very interested in the family. I, I like her food. And she would prepare food for me. And over the years, she knows me and I know her. Now, it doesn't mean that she is disrespectful and always very casual. No, no. When clients are around, she knows how to uh, address me properly and to, uh, you know, there's decorum. But when no clients are around, hey, we are friends, we talk, about, we talk about anything. And because of this friendship, she knows what I want and I always get what I want. She knows I like uh, uh, fan. Uh, it's a type of uh, breakfast. You call me, Edwin, Chi uh, Chong Fan for you. <laughs> All right, thank you. The son or the daughter will prepare breakfast. Hey, it's too much. I'm going to set aside half for you. There's not, there are very few days in the week I don't get something from her. And, um, and New Year time, she said, don't tell anybody. I want to invite you for Chinese New Year lunch. And you know why? Because I like Peranakan food and she's Peranakan. Oh man, it's the best in the world. And the, res- the cleaner does the same for me. If there, is, if there are two or three portions, the receptionist get a portion, I'll get a portion. <laughs> you know? And uh, I, I benefit so much from them. I'm so a bit embarrassed and that they're so kind to me. And, and it's the same for my brother. I mean, I, I treat my brother as a boss and when there are staff meeting, of course, uh, you know, there should be proper honour and respect shown. But uh, <laughs> when we're not in meetings, we talk like brothers. And when it comes to the assignment of files, you know, and she, he, the files go to him, he, he makes sure I get the, the good ones. Just record it. My boundary lines... This is good, man. The boundary lines. Everything within this boundary is good. And God says, I'm your friend. Can you please talk to me? Talk nonsense. I don't care. I mean, I know you will progress one day, but can you... We we will talk about other things, but first, you tell me what you want and what you feel and tell me that you're angry. It doesn't matter. I understand I'm... And then it progresses. Yes, God, you are, you are Yahweh. Wait, but you are also Adonai. Oh, Father God. Oh, friend, Jesus. And then we progress. From all oh, Lord, preserve me. So I will not be moved because I am. Therefore, this is pleasure. This is really good. Psalm 16. What a wonderful psalm. Right? This is... The breakthrough from me after three weeks of crying to God, God, there must be something in Psalm 16 for these people. So here it is. And I want to tell you that there is an invitation from God. Come. Come all who are weary and heavy laden. Come. Let us draw near to God. Psalm, Hebrews 10.22 with sincere heart. And, and I tell you, this is all that is required. When you come to God, He just wants sincerity. 
you really want this relationship with Him, come, let us draw near to God with sincere heart. James 4.8, come near to God. Come, Matthew 11.28, come to me, all who are weary and are heavy laden. Let's close in prayer. And of course, the musicians can come forward too. Let's come. Father, you know us. You know us so well. We don't pray because we, very often we, we, we think that we just pray so badly. And why would you pay attention to a badly crafted prayer? And, and why would you pay attention to someone so unspiritual and so in a state of mess? But thank you for the invitation today and we hear it loud and clear. Come to me all, all who are weary and heavy laden. And we are coming to you, God. You know me, Psalm 139, verse 1. You know me, you perceive my thoughts from afar. We, we don't have to explain too much before you. We do want this kind of prayer, conversation prayer, a prayer that, conversation that is about a person we relate to and God, we want to relate to you as a friend. God, thank you for replacing our damaged prayer antenna with a new one, the Spirit of the living God who resides in us. I know, Father, it is prayer is not a duty we owe to you and something that we must offer to you. But relationship is something you offer to us. Thank you, God, that we don't have to create intimacy, but we make room for it and we want to make room for you today. So help us, God. Hear our prayers. Look at our inadequacy. Father, you said, you say that you want us as friends. It's not true that only strong Christians pray a lot. Well, I mean, they do pray a lot, but strong Christians pray a lot because I think they realize how weak they are. And I pray that we will have the same realization too that, that the stress list sometimes gets too long and the resource list is good but we, we don't know how good it is. Make us realize, God, that prayer is really our most powerful resource. God, we come to you. We come to you, Lord, today. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we end this time with worships, I'd like to give us some time where you, you can just talk to God. Just give us some time where you are just to tell God what is upon your heart. The invitations today has been given. Come. But let us come.
you're done with your prayer, join us in this worship song. If not, please just continue and join your conversation. We thank you. Thank you for your promised rest as we commune with you. Thank you for the invitations, Lord. You heard of our prayers today. And I pray that God today, as we leave this place throughout the day, throughout the week, we will just enjoy your presence, enjoy your friendship. Tune us, Father, to you. 
and we claim your promise, rest, and strength for our busy day. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.